Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gan the Fan podcast. After a couple weeks off, I am back, and after an extensive run on The Mandalorian, it's time to hop into some basketball talk. Today, joining me on the podcast is my good friend Alex Bullins, um, who's a big, big NBA guy, and so we're going to break down our thoughts on everything... There is a talk about, really, about the James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, before Alex comes on, I'm, I'm recording this intro after Alex and I already had our conversation. Um, and since then, news broke that one of the players involved in the James Harden trade, Karis LeVert, who got traded to the Indiana Pacers, it was revealed in the physical that he had to take in order for the trade to be processed that... Doctors found a mass on his kidney, which is never news you want to hear. Um, And so, you know, in our discussion, we just talked about how much of a gift he's going to be to the Indiana Pacers and their offense and and just their long-term success. And unfortunately, this I mean, this is just a crushing blow. I mean, before any of the basketball stuff, I would just say pray for Karis LeVert. Um, And I haven't read all the details yet, but... You know, my my prayer is just that this this mass would not be um would not be cancerous, or if it, if it is, that he is indeed able to recover from it. So I just thought I would include that tidbit there because uh, we did not know about this when we were recording. Without further ado, I'm going to have Alex join me, and we are going to talk everything you need to know about the James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets. All right, let's get into today's episode. So today uh, is a very special day. This is the uh, historic moment for the Game of the Fan podcast. This is the first time I've had an in-person guest on the show, and it's my good friend Alex Bullins. How you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good, Josh. Uh, excited to be here in the studio with you and uh, talk some NBA talk. The studio, as in the guest room in our tiny apartment. It's uh, <laughs> it's really uh, we've done a lot of work in here. There's um, we're literally sitting at a folding table <laughs> and a couple of chairs with my mic and computer on it right now. So we'll just let you guys into how the you know how it's done here in the studio. Um, today we're gonna be talking about as i've mentioned already this week um you know one of one of the bigger woj bombs that we've we've witnessed james harden was traded to the brooklyn nets um a trade that was kind of inevitable i feel like for a while we've been hearing these rumors that that he wants out of houston and that um the nets would be his favorite target of a team to get traded to, but he started expanding his list, maybe Philly. Uh, he even threw like Boston and Milwaukee in there too. But it finally ended up that the Brooklyn Nets trade uh, several draft picks mostly and also involved a couple other teams in the trade to get James Harden. Um, so, Alex, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the news on, I can't remember what day it was actually now. But earlier this week, when you saw the news that James Harden was traded to the Nets, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was a what was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, I was I was kind of shocked that it happened at this point. Um, I remember Houston's uh, I think it was their front office had kind of said that they really weren't in a hurry, weren't in a rush um, to get the trade done. So I I had kind of thought it was going to be later on in the season, closer to the trade deadline. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was um, it was pretty interesting. Um, I um, I think that it sounded like most of the rumors going around seemed like the uh, 76ers were um, were um, closer into getting this deal done than uh, than the Nets. Right. Yeah. So, um, but they got a haul. I think it was like four picks and um, what four pick swaps. So like what eight? It's eight total. I think. Yeah. yeah. It's. It's nuts. That's a that's a haul for sure. Um, so, I uh, I think I don't know. I guess time will tell. You know, with the some of those picks are going to be coming. Uh, you know, many years down the line. So I guess it depends on how good they're going to be. You know, four or five years from now, probably um, if those picks are going to be worth it. But um, I'm kind of surprised. And um, but I think uh, I think time will tell. It'll be it'll be really interesting and. In Especially the the Nets, they'll be really exciting to watch now. I think so. Oh, they're gonna be as far as just like entertainment goes. You've got you've got <laughs> yeah. not only like three of the best scores in the league, but probably the most dramatic yeah. uh, potential locker room situation that we've got going on there. <laughs> yeah, so we've got yeah, just truly an entertaining team. I'll I pulled up the the link now to to try and find the pieces that were all involved in this. Um, obviously the Nets get James Harden. That's the, the big one. Yeah. They also get a 2024 second round pick from the Cavs. So it's not even just, <laughs> just the Nets picks that they're, uh, Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. That's what the, that's who the, the Nets, they receive a pick from the Cavs. So they do get some insurance. Okay. Um, I guess a, tw- a second <laughs> so round pick right. from the Cavs sounds, <laughs> sounds great. Right. Um, yeah. and then the, the Rockets in return are getting, uh, picks three first round picks 2022 24 and 26 and then the pick swaps in 21 23 25 and 27 and then they also wow. end up getting a, a first round pick in 22 from milwaukee okay. um that came over from cleveland okay. the other pieces involved here was that really i uh in my mind a steal from the Cleveland Cavaliers just, you know, minding their own business and then coming out of nowhere to get Jared Allen in the trade. I that I we'll get to, we can talk about that at another point, but I th- yeah. I felt like that was a really um savvy move by their front office and then your team Alex, the Pacers, yeah. they yeah. they find their way in this trade as well by getting um Karis LeVert who was traded from the Nets to the Rockets. The Rockets then send him to the Pacers in exchange for Victor Oladipo. So those are the details of the trade. Um, for anyone that didn't catch you know, all the moving parts in this trade, um, I want to stick with the Nets for now. And just in general, what? How, how good are they now? So right now, I believe the Nets are about sixth in the Eastern Conference. They've started out slow. Durant's missed some time. Irving, Kyrie Irving has <laughs> voluntarily missed some time. Who yeah, knows? I don't even know. Yeah, what's what's going on with him? My man just is uh, taking his vacation, taking his little sabbatical <laughs> in the middle of the season. Yeah, do they even know? I, I mean... don't. They, they don't. They don't. That's the thing. So, so he's missed time. Uh, now you're hopefully assuming they will all three start playing together soon. 
Kyrie, Durant, and Harden. Um, what? How, how good do you think they're going to be once they're all three on the court together? Um, I mean, I think that the sky's the limit with this team, um, especially as far as offensively. I think you kind of alluded to that earlier. Offensively, they've probably got like three of the most dynamic players in the mm-hmm. league. Um, I mean, I don't even um, have any clue how you're going to guard that at all. You know, looking at even like some of the top defensive teams now, like how are you gonna how are you gonna guard all three of those guys at once? I mean, no, it's it's gonna be impossible. I watched a I watched a someone made a clip on Instagram the other day. It was like this is what the Nets offense is gonna look like, and it was they were playing with them in two K with all three guys on the court, and they the whole shot clock. <laughs> Each one of them just took about like eight seconds each to just dribble the ball, pass to the other person, dribble, and it ended with Kyrie making a three. And it was just like, honestly, I could see that <laughs> it could very well happen that way. Yeah, that's too real. Yeah, um, I hope it's not like that. I, uh, I, you know, I hope that they're a little more dynamic and a little more exciting to watch. But right. I mean, yeah, it's it's I, it. It seems like it could end up that way. And um, but uh, I think that they're just going to be impossible to guard, you know, from a defensive standpoint. I don't know how you're going to prepare for that um, at all. But I think really the sky's the limit for this team. You know, if they're if they're on um, shooting-wise, I think that um, they can take anyone, any team, you know, the, the Bucks, you know, the Lakers. I think that they can they can run with any of those teams now offensively. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I really... Yeah, because I, thinking, thinking about the, like, the Bucks and the Lakers, like, I think specifically because I because I think the Lakers are they've been deemed the favorites of of the season so far until yeah. this Harden trade. They've got to find someone to guard all three of these guys, and I don't know. I mean, LeBron, he as good as he's been in the last few years, he's definitely not. He hasn't kept up his defensive. You know, he used to be the guy that would carry the load offensively and guard the other team's best player yeah he's not that guy anymore and yeah i mean he's 36 too and right he, he's um i think i heard a stat the other day he's playing the least amount of minutes per game that, that he has his entire career you know um wow understandably um you know he's like you know like yeah year, year 18 so but he still looks great it's, it's crazy yeah but that that is an important stat to, to bring up yeah so it's like yeah like who's gonna you know i think that's kind of what everyone's looking at right now like assuming that it's going to be lakers versus uh brooklyn right in the finals so i mean there's like lebron gonna have to guard kd the whole time and then i mean yeah like who's gonna pick up harden and Kyrie? i mean it's just gonna it's gonna be a tough tough matchup for sure yeah so especially with ad like i don't know if they would you know put him on on Durant or like what? yeah that seems like a I, I I could see them doing that and then but then they're gonna have to find they have to find someone to guard the backcourt guys too you yeah know? yeah I know it just yeah and you're just like thinking of this and you're like man that's uh I'm glad that's not my job to oh, oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I in the and then in the east like for Milwaukee they've got they've lost a lot of their like key defensive guys you know whether it's like Wesley Matthews or yeah um some of the other guys they lost this offseason. Yeah, they I think did. George Hill got traded away too. Right. Um, they have, Yeah, they definitely lost a lot of their depth. Um, Drew Holiday, though, they picked up, and I think he's really solid defensively. He is. For sure. Um, I think he will, uh, you know, give anyone fits, whoever he's going to be guarding. But mm-hmm. but then again, like you said, it comes down to numbers. you got to have <laughs> you got to have another guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be like Giannis on Durant and Holiday on Kyrie, but then someone's got to guard Harden. And it's like, I don't know. They've got. They've at least got the length with Chris Middleton and 
That's true. Um, they're, they're a bigger team. Yeah. They might have a little bit better of a chance at guarding these guys. So um, their offensive ceiling, I, I think like you pointed to, is they could be the best offensive team in the league. Easily. Yeah, yeah. They got a, I don't know if, uh, I've heard some people talk about chemistry issues. I don't know if, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a concern, Josh? Oh, or like well, you think uh, they're just, you know, they're just going to blow everybody out of the water? No, chemistry is a huge concern. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, Chemistry is a concern for every team, right? Like, the Clippers last year were the best team on paper. Yeah, that's true. That... With with Kawhi coming off his championship run and Paul George, like they their combination on on paper on court seemed perfect. Um, yeah. But they you know blow the three one lead because <laughs> I, who yeah. knows Doc Rivers wasn't coaching right apparently, <laughs> but I don't know if that's the real reason. Yeah. So, and when you compare that with someone like LeBron who has gone from from team to team throughout his career and been the guy not only on the court but off the court like you hear you hear stories of of his former teammates and stuff talking about just the kind of leader that he is in the locker room and off the court and that's obviously what the nets need but it's one thing to like corral like lebron corralling in ad a younger player um and a bunch of role players. It's another thing, like, if Durant's going to be that step up and be that guy, he's got to convince James Harden, one, that he's not the guy anymore. When literally James Harden's whole career yeah. in Houston, he was the guy in every, like, version yeah. of it. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he was, like, the final say, I'm sure. And, yeah. And all of those guys that came in there, all those other all-stars that came in and played along with him, I mean, he was he ran the whole show. So Oh, yeah. It's, Hands down. It's going to be... Um, it's probably going to be a lot different in, in Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. He's not going to be the only guy there um, at the, you know, like you said, like Kevin Durant's probably going to be that guy. And, um, I mean, leadership, like you said, is is very valuable. I mean, LeBron, um, he brings that to, to the Lakers, and um, that's huge. And I think that's, you know, probably something that the Clippers were missing. And, you know, uh, Kawhi and PG really aren't really, uh, I don't know if they're like that type of player player you know that type of, right. of leader to really right. like have to be the guy and you know kind of corral your team around and, and really like you know you know rally him up and say hey you know we're, we're going for this game you know we're this is it you know back against the wall like let's go you know so yeah. um we'll see I, I think uh i think like you said like duran i think is gonna have to be that guy and have to maybe he had to check some egos at the door you know oh yeah but um it, it'll be interesting especially with a shorter season too you know they're going to have a lot less time to uh, play together than they normally would have, um, you know, in the full 82 game season. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting, especially like with, uh, you know, the Lakers, you know, comparing to them, like they they're, you know, running it back almost essentially with a, a lot of those guys that have already been playing together for over a year. So right. um, it'll be interesting to see if that, you know, that chemistry that they've had at least, you know, um, this last year, especially with that championship run, LeBron and AD have a whole year under their belt, and these guys, you know, um, haven't had a really very much time together. So um, time will tell. But I think that, yeah, chemistry is going to be a real, a real thing. I, I think um, it's maybe sometimes underplayed, but uh, we'll see. I guess if they can uh, figure it out, or um, if it's uh, maybe going to be another year. So yeah, I think that's a good point too. Is that they're well because they're all under contract for like another two years okay um from what from i think if i remember correctly there that that's correct and that's gonna be that's gonna be extremely 
important for them to to mesh early on. They may not win it this year, but like the following year, will they have the right? Will they have learned the lessons? Because like when you look at the Clippers, it's you know you can forgive them for I think for missing out last year because yeah. they hadn't gone through any they hadn't gone through anything anything together yet. They're a new team. This year, if they as it as is already kind of surfacing, they had you know the fifty point loss to the Mavericks or whatever, oh, and like yeah. they you can already sense some of those like some of those same problems from the year before starting to bubble up again, and so it's like there there's less r- wiggle room for you know uh, mistakes in year two. So you I I think they have they they have so much potential that it's gonna feel like championship or bust this year. Luckily, they'll likely all be together again next year. So if it doesn't, they don't win a championship this year. Um, the pressure's definitely on the next year. But I do think, from a chemistry standpoint, the one thing they have going for them, and I get it, this is this could be premature because he hasn't really proven himself yet. But Steve Nash as a head coach, I feel like that's the right guy to yeah. to be coaching this team because he was a former player, he was a former uh, MVP. And, yeah. and he's playing with two uh, former, or he's coaching two former MVPs now in Brooklyn, and so um, I feel I, I feel like he's gonna understand where they're coming from better than most other coaches could in the NBA right now. Yeah, I think um, I think he's got a tall order in front of him, you know, uh, trying to uh, manage all these different guys. But yeah. uh, I mean, I think he uh, he seems like he you know has the pedigree. He's been there um, as far as a, a player. He understands it. He gets it. Um, the life of a player, um, like you said, two-time MVP. Yeah. Um, floor general, you know, he ran the show there um, in Phoenix. So he sure did. Um, we'll see. I, th- I think uh, I think he'll show us that he's a he's a good coach, and um, we'll uh, um, we'll see. I guess in the playoffs, that's really where uh, where uh, the rubber hits the road there. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, he can uh, he can show what's got um, in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, he he'll end up being a good hire for them. I think. Uh, um, he he'll end up being a, a pretty good coach from from what I think. I think so too. I think so too. I I do. Um, the the biggest wild card for them because even even just getting Durant and Harden to play together, you know, like Durant was able to uh, was able to play his role essentially with the Warriors yeah. on like the most stacked super team ever. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like Harden he's played he played in a big three before with Durant and. In Westbrook and OKC, and so oh, yeah. maybe yeah. he'll maybe he'll revert back to you know to those days. I think the biggest wild card, as we all know, is Kyrie Irving, and it's just <laughs> who what what is what's going on up there mentally for him right now. And I mean, there was reports earlier. That it looks like now he is going to be available to play um, <laughs> after the NBA announced that he would not be receiving any pay for any of the games he's missed it's funny how quickly that turns around and he's like oh shoot i gotta play yeah um yeah money talks money does talk so he's back um we'll see when he hits the court but i I mean there's literally reports last week that he might retire so it's like it's it's crazy that would be something wow yeah um i think yeah i there was a while there for i don't think anyone knew what was going on with him the team didn't have any contact with him um who even knew where he was on the on the flat earth of his <laughs> <laughs> you know um uh, oh i don't think gosh. he knew either but no, he did um, not. he's really the wild card you know like if he's 
Um, I think they can, you know, still make a really deep playoff run without him. But I yep. think with him, he just makes him uh, an unguardable three-headed monster in my, in, uh, in my, my opinion. So mm-hmm. I really think he's the key. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, we'll see if he shows up on the, what is it? I think, is it the 17th? He's uh, Sunday the 17th. He's cleared to, to play. I believe so. I think they, they were saying that it's, um, I think, a matchup with Orlando that he would be the first game, which is today. Oh, oh, today. Okay. Unless maybe they play a back to back, but it looks like they, yeah, they play Orlando tonight. We're recording this on Saturday for for those of you listening. You guys will probably have seen this already by the time it's by the time <laughs> this thing is put out. But yeah, we'll we'll be very interested to see. I'm looking at their okay, so I'm looking at their um the roster on Bleach Report right now. It says. Harden's trade is still pending, and it says that Irving is out due to health protocols. So he's probably still got a quarantine and, and oh, okay. whatnot. To, yeah, um, I think he has to like test negative. Yeah, um, probably a certain amount of tests. I can't remember what the, the rule is. Yep. on that, but he probably has to to test negative for a certain amount of tests before he's cleared to come back. So, but probably within the next week, we'll see them hopefully all on the court together, um, and that's truly when the rubber hits the road. I mean, I just feel like this is i feel like this podcast could sound so outdated in a in a couple months like there's no telling where this thing goes you know i i it could lit it could i legitimately think it could go anywhere from oh my gosh this is the best offensive team we've seen since you know the durant warriors to oh my gosh this is a train wreck they can't play defense they're not getting along it's like it really could go any which way and i wouldn't be surprised um I would lean towards it's going to take a while for them all to learn how to play together first, but but even then they're going to be hard to stop because of just how good those three players are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their like threshold of how how off each of them would have to be to like lose games is like you know it's like so high. Right. Like right. their margin of error is like like so so high essentially i guess i think i'm phrasing that right yeah like, no you're you're right they they have a high margin of error they can they can take a quarter off essentially and and still still catch a team by surprise because of how talented they each are yeah. i i was curious i um you know i put this down in our notes because this is a it's a new big three we we went a season i think we both agree a season that we both really enjoyed where there wasn't like this powerhouse team with a big three um where you had mostly like duos you had lebron and ad and Kawhi and paul george and uh Embiid simmons like you got a bunch of like duos around yeah, the league Giannis and middleton middleton yeah yeah, yeah and, it was really exciting to see that and just it felt like for once that there was actual like intrigue in yeah like who's you know who's gonna win who's right. actually gonna win the title you know it wasn't just a given yeah it wasn't like okay we're gonna see lebron and the warriors right. in the finals again yeah. for the fourth year or however many years in a right. row you exactly know? um but uh yeah no i really i really definitely enjoyed that actually i have some intrigue in there and even though there were you know the lakers were favorites i felt like for a while you know being the one seed as well but I mean, I don't think it was ever a sure bet for sure. No. And um, it was interesting to see, actually, you know, watch the playoffs unfold last year for sure. That was um, that was actually really fun to watch. Yeah. And and I'm hoping that we get a similar kind of parody this year. But um, if we don't, it could be because we've got this new big three in Brooklyn. And so <laughs> yeah. I wanted to see where you would rank the. I mean, we haven't seen them on the court together, but just potentially. 
Hmm. What you see in them, where they where mm-hmm. they could be amongst the following. So you have like the the Heatles, the LeBron, <laughs> Wade, and Bosh big three. Okay. The original Warriors big three of are of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Okay. The uh, kind of upgraded version of that with uh, Durant, Steph, and Clay kind of being the big three when Durant signed, and then the Cavs big three. That's the other one I could think of that we've seen recently. Yeah. Uh, with LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love, like obviously in my mind durant steph and clay i mean that 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 iteration of the warriors is one of the best teams ever i i probably have them at the top is where where would you think that this new brooklyn big three fits in with some of those mm, okay that's a that's a tough question um i'm gonna play i have to agree with you at least on the on the the, the first one kd steph and clay i think that's um by and far the i would say probably the top big three out of those um just how dynamic they are offensively um the lights out shooting of steph and clay um and also the defense i mean kd and clay um excellent excellent defensive players um i mean steph steph can obviously hold his own on the defensive end too so mm-hmm. um i would probably say that this new brooklyn big three for me would probably be right in the middle they'd probably be third mm-hmm. i would probably put them um Third and the the second I would the second big three I'd probably do is um, LeBron Wade and Bosh mm, yeah um, back in the Heat days that back in the Heat days that team hey they were dominant yeah I, I mean, mean really dominant especially that version of LeBron too I mean, oh my gosh he was like lights out I mean his shooting percentages were unreal um, I've never seen and he was so athletic back then it's not like he's not now yeah but like I can just think of playing the old two Ks of like. <laughs> 2k 13 and 14 yeah. or whatever and just like him being so unguardable i mean i he could shoot but literally there was no one in the league hardly that could stop him from getting to the rim it, it was yeah. unbelievable oh yeah i mean it was like a cheat code you know yeah being able to pick that team yes yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh yeah and wade still in his prime too yeah that's true wade um you know he was uh yeah, I mean, he like you said, he was still in his prime. Um, and I mean, Bosch was uh, like a precursor to like the stretch five. You yeah, know? Um, he would still be able to shoot. And um, I almost, I almost wish we could see that team play now. Yeah, <laughs> with like it, now that small ball is a thing, and Bosch could be like the modern day big that just stretches the floor. They they might be better now than than <laughs> yeah. they than they were in the early 2010s or whatever. I still think those guys could probably make the playoffs. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, as they are now. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I put D Wade back on the court. Sure, yeah, exactly. So yeah. um, that's where I'd probably have them. I'd probably have them third. Um, so I would have them above the Steph, Clay, Draymond, and then uh, LeBron, uh, Kyrie, and Love. Yeah. So I. It's tough because ta- talent wise, talent wise, this is probably a on par this is probably on par with durant steph and clay thompson in my mind like the obviously it's still durant on both sides but like harden has always been closely compared to to steph curry and, and they're different players but just in terms of like where you rank them they've always been um mvp caliber players and yeah. so in my I, I on talent talent on a talent perspective alone there it's like the war the, the durant warriors big three is 1a and this new brooklyn big three is 1b mm-hmm. okay. but i think 
I think time will tell on how, on how they can share the ball with each other. Because I think what was so special about the LeBron and Wade big three was their ability to, like, they were on the same page like no other duo that I think I've seen. And, and just, like, knowing where the other one is going to be between yeah. LeBron and Wade, the full-court alley-oop passes from LeBron <laughs> to Wade, I mean, that, those are special, man. Yeah, their chemistry was unreal. Um, and also, they really uh, Bosch was, was really instrumental in that and taking a, a backseat, you yeah. know, because he was, he was the main guy when he was up in Toronto. You yeah. know, he was balling out for sure. Yeah. Um, but his ability to, to um, take a backseat and take a different role and kind of change his role in order, you know, for them to all coexist, I think was huge. Yeah. And I think that... You know, we're going to have to probably see something like that happen um, in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. see one of these guys maybe change their role a little bit, maybe uh, reduce maybe the amount of shots that they take um, to to be able to all coexist together. So I'm kind of intrigued to maybe see who that's going to be or kind of like how yeah. that how that will play out over time. Because you think it's going to it's got to be Kyrie for for it to work out, but. He just doesn't seem like the guy that's gonna that's gonna want to relinquish it. I mean, he did play with LeBron before, so that's true. you do have that. I think the other thing too is Harden's already Harden's obviously already played with um, with Durant before, but he was at such a different point in his career back then that it just doesn't seem as likely for him where he's at now, having already won an MVP, already been the guy in Houston. To now want to, to now want to take a back seat when, I mean he's been playing iso ball for five years straight of and D'Antoni's <laughs> offense of literally yeah. just, just pounding the ball for fourteen seconds and then deciding <laughs> what to do with it and it worked in Houston but I just, out in my mind for this team to win a championship Durant has to be the guy yeah and unfortunately, in OKC. He when they played together before he wasn't. Westbrook ended up being the guy with the ball at the end of the shot clock, yeah. and in and in Golden State he kind of took that step. So that's what makes me think he's got the um, he's matured to the point in this game where he's comfortable doing that now. It's just can can Harden and Kyrie get on the same page? Because I think Steph, like he's Durant's talked about it. He said that Steph and Clay are the best teammates he's ever had. Because they they bought into the system and just their games complemented them so well. Now it's time Ken Harden and Kyrie step step in and be those kind of teammates for Durant. That that's what's got that's where uh, like we've been saying the rubber will meet the road for sure. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see that, and I think it'll be good for for Harden's game too to not have uh, to run ISO O ball through him every right. single play. Yeah, because um, uh, I mean. Kind of like you're saying, he had a different role when he was with OKC, mm-hmm. um, and he, um, you know, didn't do a ton of ISO plays. He he was off ball a lot more. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be um, interesting to see that because he does have that skill set as it was shown when he was playing there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it'll be good for his offense to not have to like literally run every play <laughs> through. Oh my him. gosh. Um, but also to utilize those other skills that he has, you know, because he's he's much more dynamic offensive player than just him right. dribbling the ball and then you know running a pick and roll and then yeah. him, you know make a decision at the end of the shot clock every play right his and i almost wonder because you know one of the biggest knocks on harden is his playoff shortcomings and how yeah. almost every time they make it to the playoffs he kind of burns out at the end and i think part of that is just dna but i think maybe maybe he's just worn out from you know yeah because he's he's one of the true 
he, he is the anti load management in the NBA, <laughs> right? Like he is, he's in there 24 seven. He's not coming out. He's playing yeah. every game of the season. And you just wonder if maybe that play style partnered with that much time that he's playing on the court. Maybe, maybe it just wasn't a recipe for winning a championship. And so it will be interesting to see what kind of player he becomes when he's not doing that 24 seven. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, he, I mean, his load management in the playoffs was crazy. You yeah. Know? Like, he essentially, like, could not leave the court. Right, yeah. <laughs> and for a seven-game series, I mean, that's that's got to be tough. It's it's tough, and, and he does that all season long leading up to it. So I, I just find that it, it's almost, yeah, this could be the best thing for his career. Um, I mean, obviously, playing with these two players is is better than anything he's had before, but it um, just from a play-style perspective, it could be as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And he it's not like he hasn't had any help um, over in Houston. Too. Right, yeah. And he's had a lot of all-star players come through there. You know, Westbrook, um, Chris Paul, uh, Dwight Howard was even there for a while, Dwight too. Dwight Howard, oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, but yeah, he's uh, you know definitely not had any you know supporting cast like he's going to have now. No. Um, but uh, I, I think definitely for longevity of his career, I think it will definitely help um, not have to play 48 minutes a night. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that that to me is gonna. I'm I'm very interested to see what what kind of role that plays. Um, I wanted to move on now. I feel like we've got our our notes on the Nets. Um, and there's a couple there's a couple more teams in this trade that I'd like to talk about. Uh, the first of them being the Rockets, and you know, I think, and part of me part of me feels bad for Houston because. I feel like they really just were held hostage in the situation where they gave Harden everything he wanted for five years straight. When yeah. it didn't work out with Dwight Howard, they got him Chris Paul. And then when he didn't work out with Chris Paul, they got him Russell Westbrook. But then when it didn't work out with Russell Westbrook, he wanted out. And so it's just like they, they did everything for him. It didn't lead to a championship. And then they end up, you know, not they're not left high and dry, but they definitely are not the team they – they uh the team they are today is not the team they were last year or the year before that and so with that being the case they they trade Harden. they essentially valued having long-term draft flexibility with all these draft picks over anything else do you think that this was the best trade available for them hmm. that's a man that's a tough question for sure um i i don't know i think um I think I've heard some reports about, you know, the Sixers were really in the run for this um, mm-hmm. in their trade package. I think they were centered around Ben Simmons, yep. um, I think a few other guys, and then um, a few more first-round picks, um, which is, you know, a haul in itself. Um, but also, you know, looking at this, I mean, Brooklyn really, you know, four picks, four first-round picks, and then four pick swaps, you know, eight. So in total, like eight, you know, first-round, you know, picks, and it's like, Man, I don't know if it'd be tough to tough for any other team to be able to match that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like you said, it just he kind of put them in a really tough spot, um, and you never really want to trade away a superstar player in his prime. No. You know, as a no. team, you're you never want to be in that position, and I don't think ever you're going to get like a, a good, you know, trade for that because right. it's I don't think any team could match you know that type of you know could that type of player um, yeah I, I don't think so either it's it's probably the hardest situation to be in like you've got because you've got like the 
I'm trying to think of other trades that have happened recently where there was a lot of draft picks given up. You've got like the Paul Georges of the world mm. who get traded for a heavy draft <laughs> yeah. load uh, for sure. But George is not, he's not going to be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. And same with like Westbrook. When the, when the Rockets traded for Westbrook, at this point in his career, he's not going to be the best player on a championship team either. And so if they're able to get that much draft capital for those guys, you think the, the request for Harden as being truly a guy who is top five, top six in the NBA you think it should be like exponential, but like you said, it's just one of those situations where you're probably not going to get the return that that you deserve for, yeah. for giving up a guy like that. Yeah, no, that's true, and I think um, probably the, one of the most recent trades uh, comparable to that is probably AD, AD you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. from um, from New Orleans. So, and but I still think that I still think that he got a. a a lot. I mean, that, those draft picks, I think, will end up, you know, serving them well mm-hmm. long term as a, I think, you know, pl- they're planning on rebuilding, it seems like. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical about this being the best available option for them because I really think a, a package centered around Ben Simmons um, could have been better. Um, I mean, he's Ben Simmons is, I, I know he has his uh, shooting woes, but. I, he is a very dynamic player, um, especially for his position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they were able to land him in, in any capacity, you know, obviously would win less picks for sure. But I think that that, oh man, I think that would have, it's tough. You know, I think that I that, know I could see both of those like kind of neck and neck as both like, you know, really like probably the best package they could probably got. So I, I kind of lean towards the Ben Simmons route. Because, I mean, draft picks is great because it gives you, not only does it give you more opportunities to land a superstar in the draft, but it also, if if you're someone like Sam Presti in the Thunder and you have 50 picks over the next six (laughs) years, you you not only can you take your shot in the draft, but you could maybe package some of those picks together to get a a guy that maybe wants out of his team. That's true. But my issue with it, honestly is the rockets traded away like four draft picks last year to get westbrook so they're already like in the hole they're they were already in the hole with draft picks they they get the eight draft picks in return but i do you think there's like a a, eventually it's just like a net even where they're they've lost so many draft picks now they're getting gaining eight but it's really just getting them back to closer to you know where they should have been from the start yeah well, it's also important to, to look at whose picks that they're getting, you right? Know, too, because like a lot of these picks are Brooklyn's, and you know, for the foreseeable future, those picks are not going to be worth that much, right? And especially with that Milwaukee one too, I don't think that's going to be worth a lot unless it's like way down the road. It would have to. I mean, they they really would have to hold on to these picks for a very long time before they, they they'd have to be bad for a long time to yeah. to get what they wanted. And so that's why I think the Ben Simmons trade to me would have made the most sense. Because, one, I don't think, and we, we get to this in a little bit too, like, I don't think they're a bad team I as constructed. I I mean, they're certainly not as good as they were with Harden. They've got a certainly not, not the same DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall, but still not, still, still good players. And Christian Wood, who's coming into his own, for oh, sure. True, I mean, yeah. I... I felt like Ben Simmons, 
if you land him, to me, he's a top like 15 guy in the league, I think, because he's just so athletic, so gifted of a passer, and now he's like actually a, a really good defender too. I think if you put him on the Rockets, he's not James Harden, but he he makes you competitive and who knows what other trades maybe you could you could work in there to to support him with the right cast i i like i just like ben simmons a lot i would like to see him on his own team because i think if you have a team of shooters surrounded by ben simmons you've got like a a, just a really good team it would have been fun to watch but yeah i don't know yeah I, i agree i think that it could have been really well i mean um especially with his age i mean ben simmons is still so young right that's the other thing um, they could have you know built their, their team around him for years to come um but i think going back to your point you said like surrounding with shooters um you know and looking at what houston has right now you know what they have demarcus cousins mm. john wall christian wood and what i think they still have pj tucker pj right? tucker is still there yeah. yeah and you look at those guys and like are any of those guys going to be like standout shooters for you mm-hmm. like yeah. so it's like i mean I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't... So that team really isn't loaded with uh, three-point shooters. But, no. No, they're um, not. That's a good point. So, but then again, it seems like they're wanting to make a lot of moves now. So it's like, could they maybe move some of those other guys for shooters to surround him with? Right. And maybe, yeah. like, if they had have gotten him, maybe they would want to, like, start over with, like, a younger team with, like, you know, him and Christian Wood. Right. And, and maybe, yeah. like, flip Wall or, you know, DeMarcus Cousins for... for um, you know, better shooting players. Like, I don't know, you know, that maybe they would have t- taken a different route, but, um, it would have been definitely intriguing to see kind of how that play out. Um, and I do think that, um, Ben Simmons is a, a very dynamic player to build around. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be interesting to see him, like you said, surrounded with a lot of shooters. Yeah. Um, I think that that would really highlight a lot of his abilities, mm-hmm. um, that he has. So, um, I don't know, I guess time will tell, um, with those picks really, yeah. To see if they pan out. I mean, I don't think anyone's anticipating Brooklyn to be, you know, um, have this team together in like, you know, four years. So I think some of those picks down the road might actually pan out and be like, you know, like top 10, top 15 picks. Right. So that might actually work out for them. But I mean, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that both of those packages are probably about even in my mind. Um, I, I can't really pick one over the other. Um, but, um, I guess, yeah, time will tell. We'll, we'll, uh, see how it pans out, I guess. We will. Yeah. I, um, and I think it's going to be a while before the Rockets are truly good again, but, um, you know, they've still got Wall and Cousins and like we said, Wood, who's really coming into his own and they trade for Victor Oladipo, Mm -hmm. uh, who coming off an injury, but has started out pretty good this season. Um, obviously I don't think he's in their long-term plans. He's only got a year left on his current contract. Uh, maybe he is and we could be wrong, but do you think there's a chance the Rockets could still compete in the West maybe for a, for a playoff spot? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I know the West is, is deep. You know, I think mm-hmm. they're always, um, at least for the foreseeable future, going to be a tough conference to make the playoffs and. Um, but they got a lot of solid pieces, like you said. I actually had forgot about that. Um, the, yeah, the, the Oladipo piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't forget this. Yeah, um, but they have a they have a solid lineup. You know, yeah, they have um, him and, and John Wall are going to be on the backcourt there. Um, two two all star guys. I know John Wall's coming off an injury um, the last few years as well. But I mean, both of the guys have made the all uh, star teams um, as long with 
uh, Demarcus Cousins, another All Star. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, I think they definitely have a shot at making the playoffs for sure. Um, and they, I think they could still compete in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, making the finals, though, I, I wouldn't put any money on them. Right. Yeah. Um, that might be a stretch. Yeah, but that would be a big stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, if they wanted to keep running with this, I, I think that they really could have an option. I don't, I don't think that they necessarily need to blow this up, you know, and do a right. full rebuild. But um, I guess that's up for the the front office to decide. But I really think that they could. Personally, I think they could they could run with this team and and really, um, I really think they could compete for the playoffs. So I don't know. What do you think, Josh? I think so too. I I see them more as like a play in tournament team. Okay. Like seven through ten, somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, if they were to make it, I I think ultimately this is good for the Rockets locker room chemistry. This is good for a new head coach Stephen Silas, who seems to be like a a solid head coach and leader. Um, this will this will kind of give him a clean slate to do what he wants to with this team. Defensively, they're a good team now with Wall and Oladipo in the backcourt. That's a that's a and then you know Cousins isn't a lockdown defender in the paint by any means, but um, they're a weird team too. I think when you combine that with like a young, these are all established players, and then you've got a young guy like Christian Wood who. Um, is playing extremely well to start the season, yeah. but certainly is he's never made an All Star or any anything like that. Um, and then you've got that mixed in with you know PJ Tucker oh, and true. and guys like that who are still in Houston from the Harden era. I feel like they're not done making moves. I feel like we'll probably see a couple of these guys that have been playing for the Rockets for for years now um, under the Harden regime probably get moved out uh, in the next couple of weeks or months, but. I uh I don't I don't dislike their odds. I I think you've got a couple teams in the West struggling to put the pieces together right now towards the bottom and yeah. could certainly see them uh moving into that tier. But I they're that that's their ceiling to me. Their ceiling is play in tournament and then probably bounce in the first round. Yeah, yeah, no I agree. And yeah, I agree to your point about the uh, defense as well. I mean I don't think any of those guys are really defensive liabilities, um, especially no. their backcourt. You know, Oladipo and, and Wall. I think those are um, two guys that can really hold their own on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it'll really time will tell on this whether they uh, can all buy in um, to uh, you know what the what the team's really selling and, and really try to um, make this team work, or um, maybe this podcast could be really outdated and yeah, <laughs> in a month they come back like, and be like, "What were you guys thinking?" As they're fifteenth in the West or whatever, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or they could, like you said, just ship out all these guys and and you know have a completely different roster. Maybe uh, by, yeah. By the time the playoffs roll around, so um, but yeah, I I could see them I could see them competing for a spot, but you know past the first round, I don't really I don't really see um, them making much moves. So yeah. Before we move on to talk more details of the James Harden trade, I wanted to move on to a separate topic. Did Alex, did you know that Wawa's 32-ounce fountain drink is actually the cheapest drink on their menu? Yeah, Josh. Actually, I did. Um, I go to Wawa anytime I'm looking for a cold, refreshing beverage or um, just to have a bite to eat. Uh, Wawa's fast and convenient, and now you can use the Wawa app to order. Um, it makes it easier to order and you can pay any way you want. If you don't have a Wawa in your area, then then please drive to the nearest one. You know, however long the journey takes you, it's going to be worth it. So, you know, you just... Wawa, 
free ads right here for you. This is this is for you. Okay, let's move back into some NBA discussion. Now we're going to move to your team, Alex. That is the Indiana Pacers. Nice. Who I know you, you're just chomping at the bit to oh, yeah. talk about your boys. Got my Pacers hat on today. Yeah, that's right. You do. So they also are involved in this trade uh, because after the Nets traded Karis Levert to the Rockets, the Rockets then shipped Levert to the Pacers for Victor Oladipo. I want to I want to get your thoughts on. We talked about Oladipo on the Rockets a little bit. So so now having Levert instead of Oladipo. How does this, how does this maybe change their contending chances this season? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think this is a net positive for them. Um, as far as Oladipo, I don't think he was um, a bad player by any means this year. It seemed like he was putting up good numbers. Um, he was returning to his like all-star form. Um, I don't think he was quite there yet, but it definitely seemed like he was playing well. Um, but there had been some rumors about him wanting out, and you know, I I don't know exactly how true. Um, those were, but I, I, you know, was one of those people who, who did believe it, um, yeah. that, that he was wanting out and wanted to go to another team. Um, that's, you know, such a classic thing that happened to the Pacers. Um, <laughs> might I add, that happens all the time with them. Um, but, uh, no, I think it's going to be really good. Um, Carousel Vert, you know, I think he's a young player. Um, he's, he has the ability to put up big numbers. Um, you know, we've seen him, um, show up for, for Brooklyn in big ways. Um, mm-hmm. he was... Um, he was really putting up some good numbers in the bubble last year. He was, yeah. When they made the playoffs. Um, and I think uh, overall, I think he'll be a good team player. I think um, he will, I mean, I guess we'll see. But I, I really do think he's going to um, end up being a good team player. I think he's going to fit well um, with the Pacers, um, what they've got going on right now. I mean, they've got uh, Brogdon, Sabonis, and Turner, um, I think, are all playing pretty well. Um, Sabonis is, you know, playing like an all-star level again, mm-hmm. like he was – um, last year, um, I, Miles Turner playing excellent defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's leading the league in blocks right now. Um, I think that they've got a good thing going for him, and I think this is just another piece to the puzzle of another solid rotation guy who can go out there and put up 20 points for you a night. Um, and he's not, you know, I don't think he's going to have this big ego mm-hmm. as far as like him being the man, you know, at some point. Um, and uh, I really think it's going to end up being well for them and uh, especially with the Pacers um, they you know didn't make a whole lot of changes this offseason they have a lot of that team chemistry from last year you know running it back with you know their their three main guys right now so um, I think it's going to be good for them so what do you think Josh I really like this trade a lot I think it's a win all around for the Pacers I think it's a win in the short term because even if Levert isn't a massive improvement from Oladipo, he's not a downgrade by any means. Yeah. Um, and it's a win in the long term because he'll be under contract. He's younger. There's that's there's true. the potential that he gets better than he currently is. Whereas with Oladipo, that's probably not. There's probably not too many levels up in Oladipo's yeah. game. Um, I you know in podcasts that I've listened to as well, I, I think I think people with inside sources truly believe it was true that even with the Pacers being as good as they are this season, that he was likely wanting out and um, going to take his talents elsewhere in the offseason. Um, so I think it's a smart move for the Pacers to get out ahead of that. And then, I mean, honestly, like for the options that they could have gotten for Oladipo, 
whether it's teams trading them draft picks or role players to help out. I feel like Levert's one of the better options they could have got because while he'll come to this team as a role player-ish, he ha- I feel like he has the opportunity to evolve into a leading scorer kind of player because that was kind of, I feel like that was the hope for Brooklyn until they got Durant and Kyrie was that this yeah. guy could become the the leading scorer on the team. And like you said, we've seen him score. I think he had a 50-point game last year at some point. Yeah, um, I can't I can't remember exactly, but yeah. Um he had he had one game I remember where he just like, you know, came out and he just he put up a bunch of numbers mm-hmm. and um yeah, I agree uh on a lot of that, you know, he long-term like he, I think he's signed for the next 3 years. Mm-hmm. Um He's making a little less money, I think, than than Oladipo, so I think that will be, um, you know, a good uh, bonus for the team as well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it'll give him probably some opportunity to shine. You know, um, I, I don't think that he was really going to get the ball a lot in uh, Brooklyn if he stayed there. <laughs> oh gosh, definitely not. <laughs> so, Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, maybe it'll give him some opportunity to carry some of the offensive load. You know, um, especially with T.J. Warren, unfortunately, being out yeah. for a while. So I don't. I don't remember exactly when he's supposed to come back, but um, yeah, I think it'll give him uh, a good opportunity for him to grow. Um, like you said, he's still pretty young, um, and uh, maybe he can, you know, carry the offense, you know, um, a few stretches here and mm-hmm. there. Um, we can see him. Um, I think he's going to be a solid piece for this team, and um, I think this team's going to be similar to hopefully Miami last year, as far as like oh, they, they have that. a they have a lot of solid guys. They don't really have a you know, like a superstar per se, um, even though, you know, Miami had Jimmy Butler, um, but like they had a lot of, just a lot of solid players surrounding them and they had a, a really deep team. And I think that it seems like that's kind of what the Pacers are building right now where they have, you know, a lot of really solid pieces, you know, not a lot of weaknesses um, where um, they're, they're, I think they're going to have, a, you know, a pretty solid rotation, you know, seven or eight guys that can um, really come out and compete every night. Yeah, I think... I like the heat comparison, like of last being last year's heat. I think it'll be interesting to see can any one of those guys become the go to guy in, in uh in crunch time situations mm, or, yeah. or just like, you know, in the postseason, you gotta eventually someone's gotta be able to get their own shot on a regular, consistent basis. if if you had to bet on if it was gonna be we'll say Brogdon, Sabonis or now Levert, like who who do you think could be that guy for Indiana. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a good question, um, and that's like you said, it's important. You know, in the playoffs, you know, you're potentially seven games, with, you know, against the same team. Um, so I mean, you got to get your, you know, you got to be able to get your shot because um, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna it's tough to beat a team four times in a row. Um, you know, especially a playoff caliber team. So if I was gonna have to bet, I mean, I would probably say Sabonis right now. Um, yeah, he is. I think their leading scorer right now. Um, he is. Um, He's been playing on another level, and um, I think uh, he's just a really solid pickup um, from the Paul George trade that the Pacers were able to get. So yeah, um, my bet's on him right now, just to be that guy. I mean, you know, we'll see in the, in the playoffs. Um, I'm I'm assuming they're going to make the playoffs. That um, who's going to be that guy for them? Who's going to step up and and get a bucket, or you know, who's yep. going to who's uh, going to rally the team? And you know. Um, so, but that's that's my money's on him. So, I like that pick. It's kind of crazy. You think about he was one of the guys that came over in that, um, in that Paul George trade. I mean, that is. I feel like he is far and away 
the 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 best case scenario uh that they could have had coming over from that trade because i mean he wasn't even really getting minutes in okc when when you guys traded for him and now he's an all-star now he's playing he's improving um i i would put money on some bonus too i i like this team a lot and uh, i'm gonna get into it a little bit more because one of the other well, the the last couple categories for our episode today that that'll be our time on the james harden trade itself we just wanted to touch on a couple things we've noticed um across the nba in the in the start of the regular season as we're about like 12 13 games in so far um and that's our biggest surprise team and our biggest uh disappointment team Mm. um and so this is a good transition for me because i i have my biggest surprise team as the pacers okay i i mean i really yeah you gotta be i'm sure you're feeling good about that one (laughs) right um i coming into the season i was looking at the eastern conference and i was like oh man this is all of a sudden the east is stacked you've got brooklyn and they were at the bottom of the east last year but certainly with durant back in the lineup they're going to be a top three team in the east oh yeah you've got milwaukee you've got philly who who is also looking good this year and they're improved with doc rivers as the head coach and then you've got boston who's still good you've got miami who's still good yeah and it was just kind of like it's starting to get crowded at the top oh yeah and and i'm gonna be honest i i thought indiana is like in that sixth to seventh seed range probably but they have completely flipped the script they're they're about the fourth seed in the east right now which is i think that's what they finished last year either fourth or fifth um yeah because they played miami yep but it's not just the record i feel they they have a new head coach that's true you you could speak to that more than i because i don't really know his name but i i he came from toronto right he was, uh, yeah, I think he was a um, he was an assistant coach there. Um, I might be pronouncing his last name wrong. It's Nate Bjorken. Mm. Um, <laughs> that sounds right. Based on what I'm looking at right now, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that, but um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people were pretty high on on him um, coming into the front office. You know, um, I think he's uh, served them well there. I mean, Toronto's had. Definitely a few years of, of success with that team, um, and I'm, I'm right. looking forward to seeing what he can do, uh, especially on the offensive end, um, trying to make all these pieces work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, I, I really was kind of skeptical of them at first, running it back, you know, um, you know, especially being a first round exit, getting swept by Miami, yep. um, you know, which they ended up being better than everyone thought right, they were going to be. Right. But um, but yeah, I, I was kind of at first, you know, I was a little disappointed, you know, them running it back. Um, you know, seeing all these teams gain a lot of momentum, it seemed like, you know, and like you said, really looked like the top was, was uh, getting a little crowded. So, um, but yeah, they're, they have definitely pleasantly surprised me as well. Yeah. Um, and they uh, look like they could, you know, make a solid run this year. I think they could too. And I think that's why it's so, the Karis Levert trade specifically for me gives me hope that they are really on on the rise because, I think what's so so right now I think we both agree that Sabonis is their best player. And I think when you have a big man as your best offensive player in today's NBA, I and I've heard this from, you know, other analysts and whatnot, like you kind of got to have perimeter scoring. You've got to got you've got to have guys uh whether they're guards or wing players who can create their own shot from the wing. If you look at say a 
Denver Nuggets, where you have nut, you have uh, Jokic as as your best player. They they clearly need Jamal Murray to be the guy yeah. in the backcourt scoring at a high clip. He hasn't really done that to the same extent this year as he was in the bubble, and that's why the Nuggets have struggled a little bit more. You you because just that's just. No one is running their offense through posting up their, even if it's their best player, they're not going to win by just going straight to a post up every possession. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think the Levert trade is so intriguing is because you've got Sabonis playing at a high level. You've got Brogdon, who I saw, he's averaging 22 a game wow. uh, based on what I'm looking at right now, which is like, that's way more than I think I'd ever expect to see from him. He's a, He's a very efficient scorer, but never has been like a volume scorer before. Yeah. And so you've already got him. Now you add Levert into the mix too, who we know that he can score. And um, offensively, this team's going to give other teams a lot of problems. Um, They may not be Brooklyn with the three-headed monster (laughs) of Durant, Irving, and uh, Harden, but I I really think what they they have that they're – going to be very special on the offensive end i think but what they have that a team like brooklyn doesn't have now is they've got defend they've got defense they've got a um interior defender in miles turner who you said earlier he's like he's leading the league in blocks right now so um that's kind of they're, they're a more complete team i think and they've elevated their play from last year to this year in a sense that i really liked indiana last year and now they're just a better version they're a better they're they were already a complete team but now they're a better version of that team and so yeah yeah i think so too and um another scary thing about this team is all these guys are really young too yeah they could run this back for you know for years yeah exactly i mean i don't think any of these guys we talked about are over 30 years old (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) because you don't get that with with that many like that much young talent on a team at the same time who's also like a top four team in their conference. You don't see that very often. Yeah, no, that's true. So um, we'll see. I, I, I really agree with you on all that stuff, though. They're going to be, I think, whatever seed they end up being in the playoffs, they're going to be a tough out. And they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be a tough challenge for anybody to coach against them. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, Alex, who do you have as your most surprising team to start the season? Okay, um, so my most surprising team, um, I was thinking about the Pacers you know um but so far I would say probably my most surprising has been the Suns um mm, I like it yeah um and I think um you know with their Chris Paul addition I think uh I think that was a really um underrated pickup I, I know it gained a lot of attention with the media you know around the league when that happened um but I mean he he is you know um entering the probably the last few years of his prime were kind of you know um entering the last few years of his uh his career mm-hmm. but i think he is going to greatly benefit this team and he's going to really greatly benefit all these young players that they have there um and they have surprised me so far as far as their standings um in the west which is you know always a tough conference or um to be in and i think they're sitting at fourth right now um in a in a loaded west that's uh, that's very surprising for yeah. for the western conference yeah because it seems like the suns have always been you know kind of on the verge of making the playoffs but right. like never quite making it there um even after the disappointing um bubble performance where they you know won every game but still weren't able to uh make it into the uh the eighth seed yeah 
Um, but I think um, I've been pleasantly surprised by them. Um, they've got a, um, a lot of solid pieces around. You know, um, Devin Booker, you know, he's still putting up his numbers this year. Um, they still have Aiton there who is, um, you know, playing really well uh, as well. And I think uh, Chris Paul being a floor general there, I think he's, mm-hmm. he's going to really benefit them as far as um, getting these guys open looks, um, teaching these young guys, you know, um, being a solid veteran player um, to have, a, you know, some good leadership in the locker room. And they also were able to pick up a few other guys. I think they had Jay Crowder they picked up. Yeah, they do have Jay Crowder now. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I think he's going to be a, um, another solid piece for them too, um, as we see throughout the season. Um, but they, they've surprised me in a tough, tough Western Conference. I did not expect them to see, see them this high. Um, this early on, mm-hmm. I, I honestly think from the way they've been playing, I think that we're going to see them in the playoff picture, you know, for the rest of the season. I think so too. Do you think they're a finals contender? Mm, finals contender? I, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> that's that's tough. I mean, you know, because you have right now the top uh, the top two teams in the West. You know, both LA teams. Um, and it's tough to. I think it's going to be tough to get past either of those. You know. Yeah. Especially with them. Mostly running it back, you know. I know that each of them made a few, had a few trades here and there and whatnot. But you know, their their superstar players still the same. Um, I don't know. I mean, if if the Clippers have another meltdown in the playoffs, right? <laughs> I mean, who? I don't know the the way they're starting out the season. They might be in store for another one of those. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. I mean, like you said, that fifty point loss to the Mavericks not good was was so shocking yeah. um i didn't i thought that was a lie when i saw that <laughs> i thought that was like a fake tweet or something right. <laughs> um but yeah it's um i think if yeah if um if one of these other teams you know breaks down has an injury or something like that um you know which obviously don't you know wish any of these players to be injured but i mean if something happens like that you know i think that i could you know we could see them in the western conference finals for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, they, I think Chris Paul, you know, still has a lot of um, good years in him. I think, uh, I think he's um, really benefited from you know this last year in OKC. He really took this team, I think, farther than anyone thought they were. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought that they were going to even make the playoffs at all. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think that they, um, I think they're going to make some noise in the West. And it's, yeah, it's. Uh, it's about their time because they have not made. Their- it is their time. <laughs> it has been far beyond their time yeah. for for them to make some noise. Yeah, they've been. Uh, yeah, they've been rebuilding for years. It seems oh yeah. Like. So uh, it's nice to see Devin Booker finally, uh, you know, get another. Oh yeah. All star player to be um be with them and really kind of seems like he's at least for the for the short term that that kind of final piece um to be around around this this group of young guys. Yeah, because he he um has been one of the guys rumored as player that wants out of their current situation and so i just think a huge props goes to the sun's front office by bringing in chris paul ensuring that booker's gonna stay there at least a few more years um and they're they're in the mix i mean i really so i i think as far as title contention goes i think everything runs through the lakers i think i think it would probably take um for the Suns to get past LA, it would take some kind of injury or collapse on the Lakers end for them not to make the the yeah. finals. But I, when I look at the Suns and think about it in a playoff uh, perspective, I know Chris Paul doesn't have the best playoff 
record or resume, but I I trust him in clutch moments. They've got I and I think this is probably the best situation that Chris Paul's been in since the his his days with the Rockets with D'Antoni and James Harden. And I say that because Booker is he's not he's definitely not James Harden, but he is a all star caliber wing scorer and can carry the load offensively. You've got Aiden who is who has that potential to be one of the best bigs in the league. And then yeah. um, guys like Mikhail Bridges coming into their own, Cam Johnson. And then I think their coach, Monty Williams being the head coach there. Um, Chris Paul's. I think he, he has been coached by Williams before, like in New Orleans way way back when, or or, or as an assistant at some point along yeah. his career. I don't remember when, but I just, I have, I like Chris Paul a lot. One, he... He's come up big in certain moments in the playoffs before, and I I just feel like if there was going to be a surprise in the Western Conference this year, I think it would be Phoenix because I I like I just like I like the system that Monty Williams is running there mixed with now you've got this veteran presence of Chris Paul who still is playing he's not he's not in his peak anymore but he's playing at an extremely high level. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think um, I think we'll see them. Uh, you know, we'll definitely see them in the playoff picture, I think. And I think uh, they'll make it a little farther than some people probably give them credit for. Yeah, so I think so too. Okay, so I'm going to move on now to my most disappointing team to start the season. Um, mm. And that's going to be the Toronto Raptors, otherwise known as the Tampa Bay Raptors this year. <laughs> that's uh, true. That's true, yeah. You know, maybe that's playing some, you know, even though – even though no one has fans, they're playing in a different arena that's not theirs all the time. I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it, but they're three and eight. They're like bottom of the Eastern Conference. They're like twelfth or thirteenth or something in the yeah, East. And not good. <laughs> I I never would have expected this. I, I didn't think they I definitely in my mind was preparing, okay, the Raptors are gonna they're they're not they were second in the Eastern Conference last year. There's no way they repeat that kind of production. Um, but never did I see them being completely out of the playoff picture like they are. And I know it's only they've only played 11 games, so there's certainly they I have a feeling they'll go on a run at some point this season and put the pieces together cuz Nick Nurse is just that good of a head coach. But I mean, it's bad. Uh Pascal Siakam looks completely lost because, you know, he went from he went from most improved player to started out last season looking like he could win the award again because he was just taking such such a high leap off of the previous year to once the bubble came around last year, he was just completely awful. And it seems like he's back in that spot to start this season again. He he is probably regarded by most people as the best player on this team, um, you know, other than maybe Kyle Lowry, but he certainly has not played like it this season. Um, you know they're getting good production. If you look at their their numbers, they like they're they're getting eighteen points a game from Kyle Lowry. They're getting twenty points a game from Fred Van Fleet, a guy they pay a lot of money this off season. And so you mm-hmm. think like that that should be working. But the big number for me as I'm looking at their basketball reference right now is their defense is ranked 19th in the NBA right now. Oh, wow. Their overall defensive rating is ranked 21st. And so that 
last year they they had to be like one or two in defense. I, I would think maybe maybe behind Milwaukee. They they had they had one of the top five defenses in the league last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact number either. Um, but they definitely seem like um, they've fallen off a lot on the defensive end. And um, I was tempted to pick this team too. Yeah. as my most disappointing team. Um, because yeah, they still have a lot of good pieces there. Right. Um, they still have. Kyle it's Lowry. basically the same team minus like. Gasol and Ibaka. Yeah, yeah, those two guys left, um, and they both went to LA, but different teams. Different out teams, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone expected them to fall off this much. No, you know? I mean they took Boston to what, seven games. That's right. That they was a, did. That was a tough, that was a really good series. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was probably one of the best series in the East, um, the Eastern Conference for sure. And and like you said, Nick Nurse is probably one of the the best, if not the best, coach mm-hmm. um, in the NBA right now. And um, yeah, it is it is very surprising to see them at this at this level, um, you know, just really struggling to win any games. Yeah, really struggling to get you know um, stopping any of these teams from scoring. Um, it's yeah, I did not expect to see them this this low in the scenes um, this early on. You know, um, I guess uh, I don't know if they maybe undervalued some of the value that Gasol and Ibaka um, brought to their yeah. team. Um, but, um, maybe so, but they still have a a lot of solid pieces there. So I, I thought that, you know, they would at least still be in the playoff picture. Um, you don't think anyone expect them to be the number two seed again. No. Um, but I think almost everyone thought they'd be in the mix at least, you know, by this point. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I think, I think everyone knew they overachieved last year, but I don't think anyone thought they overachieved to what it seems like they did right now. Like, they're not a bad team by any means, but their record no. is, you know, uh, I don't think their record's indicative of who they are. Again, I think end of the season, they're somewhere in probably the play-in tournament yeah. uh, range. But something something clearly has to change, and I, and there, there, there's got to be something going on that we don't see because it just doesn't make sense for this team to be as, as bad as they have been. Yeah, no. Um who, who did you pick for your for your most, most disappointing team? Mm, okay, so my most disappointing team um, is also in the Eastern Conference. Um, is Washington Wizards. Um, They've been bad, man. Yeah, They've been real bad. They have uh, really been struggling to win any games lately, um, and especially after they came after this this blockbuster trade. You know, they traded uh, John Wall away for Russell Westbrook, and um, at first, I was a little skeptical about it, but the more the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, okay, I think this could work. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook, you know, he's not coming off this, um, you know, two years of not playing mm-hmm. like John Wall. Um, he's, you know, can still produce. Um, he still uh, has a lot of years left in him. Um, and I was like, okay, I think this can work. You know, he's going to have another all-star caliber guard in Bradley Beal, who is just like a, you know, walking bucket essentially um you can put up points anywhere it's a good Um, term so um and they also have another a few other solid pieces there to surround him they have bertans they re-signed right yeah um he's a lights out shooter um and so i'm like i'm seeing all these pieces around them and i'm like okay you know i i think this is this uh this team could really um compete to be in the playoffs at least and they are at the bottom of the eastern conference i think they're the Second to the bottom team, um, as of right now, they're three and eight, um, and they are just, I think, similar to Toronto. They're just really struggling on the defensive end because mm-hmm. um, they're they're getting their numbers. Um, like 
Beal. Westbrook's gonna get his numbers, you know. Oh yeah, Westbrook's. Gonna <laughs> you get know Westbrook's his. gonna get his. That's yeah. for sure. He's still uh, putting up his. Uh, I don't know if he's averaging tri- triple double. Uh, no, not not quite. Um, but he's still getting his points, like about twenty points, ten rebounds. You know, um, Bradley Beal is just you know um, putting up crazy numbers. He's averaging like thirty five right now, um, which is like unreal. Um, and so like. Looking at this, I'm like, okay, these guys are getting their points, um, but I guess they just can't stop anybody on the other end, you yeah. know. And I really thought that this team, you know, was was going to take the next leap, you know, especially with these young guys. You know, they got Thomas Bryant on here. Um, they got Rui Hachimura. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got they've got a, a few pieces here and there. Um, and I thought these young guys would take another step um, this year. And um, that they would really be in the playoff hunt um, along with Toronto, and they just are not right now. They're they've been really struggling lately, um, you know. But but they're they're putting up points, so I mean they've got they've which got, is good. But yeah, they gotta <laughs> they gotta stop the other yeah, team, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they they just kind of disappointed me, um, especially with you know ever looking at Russell Westbrook. I mean, he was MVP what a few few years yeah, ago, yeah, like four years ago now. Yeah, yeah, and and he like perennially every team he's been on is you know at least made the playoffs, right? And um, now with this Wizards, it doesn't you know if they continue on the same path they have been, they're definitely not going to make the playoffs. It really seems like an alternate reality that we live in. That if the playoffs started today. The Wizards and Raptors are out, but the Knicks and the Cavaliers are in. That doesn't, that, like, that is not right. Yeah. But it is, like, the going back to the Wizards, I think going into the season, I knew defense was going to be an issue. You just looked at the roster and thought, there's no one there that could stop the other guys, the other team's best player. But you would, you would think, well, Westbrook and Beal, two guys who can score at will, and guys who who are more more role players who also are really good scorers or shooters you would think it, it that it would make up for itself but it just hasn't yet and i i i i wonder how much of it has to do with scott brooks mm-hmm. as head coach there because i've heard a lot of people kind of clamoring for him being on the hot seat in washington that you know clearly it didn't work out for him and okc yeah. with westbrook and and uh and Durant together uh now it's not working out in Washington with Westbrook and it's just he doesn't seem like the guy that can coach Russell Westbrook and just from a schematic standpoint too there's a lot a lot of these guys need the ball in their hand to be good Beal needs the ball in his hand to to score Westbrook needs the ball in his hand to either score or create offense for someone else and when you look at the role players whether it's uh, Rui, or whether it's the rookie Denny Avdia, oh, that's um, true. Yeah. they're they both seem to be like guys that they're not necessarily spot up shooters. They're they're more so, um, they they might play on the ball better than you know Thomas Bryant's having a great season because Westbrook is there to dump the ball off to him. But yeah. um, as far as as far as the other guys go, a lot of them. Uh, they don't. They don't seem to be just stand in the corner and wait for the ball kind of guys. Other than maybe Bertans, yeah. I, I I don't see many, many other guys like that. Especially not Beal. Beal's good oh, yeah. off the ball, but he's your he's who you want dominating the yeah, ball. Yeah, he's not your, not Westbrook. Yeah, you definitely want the ball in his hands. And yeah, I agree. Like a lot of these other players aren't best utilized with, um, 
you know, just being a spot up shooter. Right. Minus like Bertans is like the only one. I yeah, can that's think the of. only one I can think of either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if it's a, a coaching change that they need. Um, I honestly thought that that was a strength coming in. You know, because they they've been together before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have some previous history. You know, I thought that that would maybe help. Um, you know, the transition for Westbrook. You know, having already been coached by Scott Brooks, um, that that would you know help uh, kind of. Um, speed things along as far as you know being able to accustom to a new team but it clearly hasn't happened yet and i don't i don't know what the 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 change needs to happen but there there definitely needs to be something um if this team wants to have a shot at making the playoffs and um i don't know if it's scott brooks i don't know if it's um if it's another trade trade maybe yeah yeah i I just i feel really bad for bradley bill because he is putting up crazy numbers right now i'm pretty sure he's like leading the league in points per game right now I know that. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. I didn't know he was leading that. That's a good stat. I think. I know guys want to have the financial security and get their get their super max deal when it's time to. Yeah. But it just I I just don't know why he signed that deal a year ago because now he's under contract with them for like four years at least I think. And, yeah. Um, I know they could sure. trade him, but I, it just seems like. If he had been a free agent this year or or next year, I don't remember when that would have been the case. It just seems like he could have really I I think as fans, you want to see him play on a better team than this because he's been one of the better success stories in the NBA in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, he's really come along the last few years without Wall and um yeah, like with the Supermax now, that's going to be like tough to to get off that contract, you know, for them if mm-hmm. they if he eventually does one out, like I don't Yeah know how they're gonna you know be able to do that um but yeah i mean you just for a guy playing at this level like you just you feel for him you know you want him to be on a team that's winning some games or or at least in the picture you know and um i don't know why i signed that either maybe maybe he had been told some reassurance that maybe wall was was gonna be maybe yeah yeah um clearly didn't happen yeah (laughs) so um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you want to secure the bag, you know, if you're a player. That's right. That's um, right. But you also don't want to be miserable and losing. Uh, yeah. Losing that's all your where games. my man is at. Yeah. yeah it's tough. So it's I, tough. I really hope the situation gets better, at least, you know, for his sake. Um, but also that's, you know, um, us being here, being in Richmond, you know, that's our hometown team. It <laughs> is the Wizards. Yeah. We got, listen, there's not a lot of, uh, I, uh, now that the, the Caps and Nats have won their their championships. It's a championship city now. It's yeah. time for oh, yeah. it's time for the football team and Wizards to get on board. Yeah, you know that's true. And also the uh, the WNBA team with the the, the Mystics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won that's too. right. That's so, right. I forgot about yeah. that. So um, it's, it's it is it's champion it's title town yeah. in Washington. It's yeah. time for the Wizards to get on board. Yeah, they need to step up. <laughs> Them and the uh, football team. Let's Them go. and the football team. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, uh, but no, that's that's my most disappointing team, and I. I really think that there needs to be some big, uh, some big changes there um, for order them to, to make the playoffs. So yeah, I agree. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our NBA uh, discussion today, Alex. This has been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for for coming here today and, and recording this with me. Of course, it's my pleasure, man. Um, always enjoy being in the studio with you, Josh and. <laughs> Uh, hopefully I can come back another time. Maybe we can uh, talk about another, hopefully another big trade happens and uh, you can bring me back in. So. It's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's going to happen. Okay. All right. So 
to close out today's podcast, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, a new staple to the Gan the Fan podcast. So uh, an idea I've had for a little while is, uh, you know, our topic for today's podcast was obviously very NBA centric, but I'd like to do some awards of the week that can kind of just be about anything, uh, whether it's sports related, whether it's uh, TV or movie related or um, just things in which throughout my week, I particularly enjoyed a lot. Um, so I've got four categories that I'm going to be focusing on each week. The first one, we could call it an award, but you may, the, the winner of this award isn't going to want to be a winner of this award. And that is because it's the biggest L of the week. So this week's biggest L goes to a player involved in the trade that Alex and I talked about for so often. And I think we mentioned them at one point in our conversation, but that is Jared Allen, former center of the Brooklyn Nets, has been traded to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you're not a basketball fan, I'll just put it this way. The Cavaliers have not been good outside of having LeBron James on their team. Um, and I just feel bad for this guy, Jared Allen. Um if you are a basketball fan, you know he's very talented, a good rim protector, and finally w- was a bench player for most of his time in Brooklyn. Finally got the starting nod recently given to him by head coach Steve Nash. Um, was thriving in that role, and then this week is traded to Cleveland on a team that already has too many centers on it. Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, guys making a lot of money. And Jared Allen now sitting behind those guys. Um, and in all honesty, deserves to be the starting center on a team in the NBA. And so hopefully maybe some of those other guys get get moved out of Cleveland at some point later this season because uh, this is just not a good spot for Jared Allen to continue to grow and develop as a young player in the league, in my opinion. So that's our biggest L of the week. Sorry, my guy, Jared Allen. Uh, we're going to move on to a more positive note. So this is the, the next thing that I want to do is our, our little award podium of the week, right? We're going to, I'm going to hand out a bronze, silver, and gold medal of the week for just things that I particularly enjoyed, performances from athletes that deserve to be shout out, shouted out. Um, this week, though, is not, not going to be as much sports focused. So my bronze medal of the week goes to lucasfilm games so star wars fans know uh lucasfilm is you know obviously the the company owned by george lucas that uh started star wars from the start and um they created their own video game branch called lucasfilm's games and they they have created some of the most well-renowned Star Wars games of all time. Um, now, in in recent years, they have had an exclusive deal with EA. Uh, those of the gaming community know that there. I feel like EA gets gets a bad rap, and uh, they're just, they're just not always the most uh, trustworthy. If you if you have like a project you're really excited for to a game you're really excited to play, uh, you you can expect to pay money on downloadable content 
um, expansion, things of that nature. EA hasn't got the greatest rep for in recent years, and that was a problem with some of the games that they were creating for Star Wars. So some of the Battlefront games that have come out for Star Wars, uh, while towards the end of their run were more successful, but when they first came out, they were a little bit underwhelming of an experience for what you know gamers were were promised or were hoping for and so this week lucasfilm games announced that they're going to enter a partnership with the company ubisoft um to work on an open world star wars game which to me sounds just absolutely fantastic um think of in my mind i mean i i don't know if it's going to be something a la grand theft auto or Red Dead Redemption, if there's going to be online capabilities in an open world like that, or if it's going to be more story mode driven. But this sounds incredible. And I'm not really like much of a gamer myself, but um, I just love Star Wars so much. And the fact that I could potentially play a game in a, in a couple years, um, just the the ideas out there are are endless i i've always thought like what if they what if they could make a game where i'm a bounty hunter and i'm just in the star wars universe going around doing my thing visiting different planets that's honestly what i'm hoping we get in this in this open world game that they're developing with ubisoft so that is the bronze medal of the week silver medal of the week this one um goes to one of the best YouTube videos, actually definitely the best YouTube video I watched all week, and it's from a channel that I've been watching for a long time, and it's called RDC World. It's headed up by, uh, you can find him on Twitter, Supreme Dreams, or Mark Mark Phillips is his name, um, and he has been doing with, with some of his other content creators on this RDC World channel for a long time, LeBron James impersonations, where for instance, uh, if you remember the finals game a few years ago where J.R. Smith forgot uh, what the score of the game was at the end of the game, um, he did he did a little skit about what, what LeBron James was like in the locker room after J.R. Smith forgot what the score of the game was, and it's hilarious. I mean, they're they're fantastic, and so he so he did one about LeBron's reaction to James Harden being traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And if you haven't seen it yet, please go on YouTube and look up this video. All you have to do, honestly, is just Google or search on YouTube LeBron James' reaction to James Harden trade, and you'll find his video because it's it was like number three on trending when it when it came out on YouTube. Um, not only is it hilarious, but he got retweeted by LeBron James himself. And as a fan who's been watching that channel for a while now, just it was super cool to see the recognition of this guy who's been, you know, clearly doing the LeBron skits for a while actually get noticed by LeBron. It was, it was really cool and just um, was happy to, to kind of watch his reaction too because he, he uploaded a reaction of him finding out the news on YouTube as well. So definitely, definitely go check out that, that video. And last but not least, gold medal of the week. Uh, this would be the thing that I enjoyed the most this week and that is new show to disney plus wandavision i'm sure you've seen the commercial about a hundred times uh if you're like me but 
WandaVision released its first two episodes on Disney Plus this Friday, and it is weird. I mean, it is really, really weird. If you um, if you have a Disney Plus subscription or you know someone that does and you're a fan of the Marvel movies, this is the first Marvel show that has directly... The intention has been to directly tie in to the movies. This is the first Marvel show that has also released on Disney Plus. This is the first time they've they've had a show on the new streaming platform. And I got to say, they started with a bang. Uh, apparently, there's going to be nine episodes of the show. So they released the first two on Friday. But every other episode will be released one at a time on Friday nights. I know I'm definitely going to be talking about this show on this podcast later on. But just I, there, I have so many questions about what's going on because they really didn't give us much at all. They just they just uh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. But so if you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend going and watching the first two episodes of WandaVision. And let me know your thoughts, because I'm very eager to talk about this show on this podcast. But that's going to do it for me for this week's episode of the Ganda Fan Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and listening as always, and have a great rest of your week.